0: what's going on everybody this is justin coming to you live from san diego california another picture perfect day i don't know about you guys but i enjoyed a nice uh gym session uh at the local beachside gym shout out to ocean pacific fit but no free ads uh also on a nice little beach walk so had myself a day with the day off uh today we got a packed episode quick concise got four of the six boys here but uh, in terms of hosts we got super
1: special guest zane here zane how we doing What's going on boys uh special guest host zane coming to you live from spokane washington uh unlike Paige, i did not work out at the gym today i have in fact gotten myself back to the gym after the uh, hoop fest fiasco which was you know no more than 10 days ago so i'm pretty proud that i got back into the gym that quickly uh, otherwise i've had my first relaxing weekend sit in like Probably six weeks from, you know, starting at the bachelor party, all the way through the wedding festivities, hoop fest, and now we're here, 4th of July, went to bed at like 9 p.m., fireworks couldn't keep me up, even if they tried, it was glorious, boys.
0: Yep, yep, love it, love it. Uh, I did not have a calm weekend, but that's a story for another time. Uh, and we got two interns tonight, Dan, Zambi, how we feeling?
2: Yeah, Feeling good. Uh, <laughs> I was, Zoe's going crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, had a pretty calm uh, 4th of July, probably the calmest I've ever had. Got Baja here, just got a fresh cut. And yeah, you know, pretty mellow. I agree with that.
3: Very, very calm 4th of July, probably the most adult 4th of July I've had in my life. Um, didn't see any fireworks, did some, did some grilling myself. Do some flank steak on the grill, boys. A little uh, little corn, a little zucchini. It's a good time. Uh, Now just dealing with an absolute psychopath dog as we're playing uh, Apartment Fetch, which is bound to break something at some point.
0: Yep, yep. Disclaimer, Katie, we we did not partake in the Apartment Fetch. It's all on Dan. So, Uh, But besides that, happy to have you guys on. It's been a little while. Um, We got a quick rundown of the episode. Uh, we're going to update you guys on some Zag news, a uh, little conference realignment, uh, and then touch on Hoop Fest. That was a couple weeks ago, but as you guys know, we part- partook in the uh, Spokane event, and then the much-awaited segment, we're going to talk a little baseball. So uh, that being said, let's jump into it. Uh, Chet's first game today, I think he more than proved that he's NBA ready. I believe the last I checked, I don't have it on anymore. He had 21 points in 22 minutes, as well as a few blocks, some nice assists. Uh,
1: he looked great, guys. Did you guys uh, catch any of that? Yeah, so I, I think Paige around like six 625 this evening texted us saying, you know, chat's balling. Watch out, boys. Um, not going to lie, I haven't been too invested in NBA Summer League this year. Um You know, it feels, it always feels a little too soon when it starts, but you know, when you hear Chet is on the telly, I'm going to run, change the channel at the drop of a hat. Um, As soon as I tuned in, he immediately knocked down like two threes in a row and then got two blocks right away. Uh, Granted, you know, he was, he was paired up, matched up against uh, Taco Fall, who, you know, is a legend in his own regard. But I don't think he is regarded as a uh, you know high caliber NBA player. Nonetheless, been on an NBA team for the past two seasons, three, two, something like, that. something like that. But I mean, Chet's stats. Let me just give them to you real quick, boys, because I got them in front of me. Uh, Twenty-three points, and they're you know just wrapping up the fourth quarter right now. Right. Seven from nine from the field, incredibly efficient. Four from for six. From uh, from three point range, seven rebounds, four assists, three personal fouls, six blocks, just absolutely lighting up the stat sheet, reminding all of us, you know, exactly why this kid was ranked so highly, um, why he was projected to get drafted so highly. I like it, boys. I like what I see. The one thing I don't like, OKC's Summer League uniforms are absolutely horrendous. They look like an international league team. Um, Just putrid. The the blue is a little too bright. The orange is a little too dark. It's awful. I'm out on OKC. I'm in on Chet.
2: Yeah, honestly, I haven't really, like, watched Summer League at all in my entire life. But just seeing the highlights, it looks like Chet's balling out. I like it. The only thing is, I can't refer for OKC. I cannot. Bring back our Sonics. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the Seattle cohort of Zag fans are pretty beat up about Chet getting drafted to the uh, Thunder for that reason exactly. Uh, me personally, I have no NBA uh, alliances or allegiances, so... Uh, I love the Thunder. I'm all in. So uh, they got an exciting young group of players, which I will say would be even more exciting if they were in Seattle. I'll give them that. Um, but it's a good spot for Chet. I think he landed at, you know, in my opinion, was the ideal location for him.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Summer League, um, it, I didn't really know it was only here either. But I remember back in the day when there wasn't a ton of uh, Gonzaga NBA um stuff to really get excited about summer league was all we had like watching josh perkins in the summer league was so cool because it was a zag in the nba but now i feel like our standards have uh, been heightened tremendously where it's fun to watch a little exposure but i'm not really going to get as into it great to see though chet can just literally do everything he was doing in college at this level um obviously it's not the caliber of competition that he's going to be seeing but um all you can do is play who's in front of you and just, you know, look the part. And that's exactly what he's doing. So great to see. You. And um, I know we'll get to see uh, Nemhard be doing the same thing for the Pacers here coming up once the, once the Pacers tip off.
0: Absolutely. And great transition there, Dan. Hats off. Can tell he's been in sports broadcasting. Uh, Nemhard, we never touched on it, but as everyone knows, he was drafted by the Pacers with someone, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the 32nd pick. Can anyone fact check me on that? Sounds good. Yeah.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, 31, 32. I know it's right there. Uh, Congrats to him. He's a great point guard. But in even bigger news for the Pacers, they did trade away their starting point guard, Malcolm Brogdon. So we could be seeing Nemhard getting a lot of run this year. Guys, what do you
1: think about uh, his setup? So he's he's competing with who? Ricky Rubio, Tyrese Halliburton. And that's it.
0: Yeah, I think Halliburton would
1: probably be the starting point guard. T.J. TJ McConnell. Can't forget T.J. Oh, McConnell. True. Grit. A lot of grit. There's I some, hate that guy so much. <laughs>
3: One of my least favorite players I've ever watched in college basketball. Cannot stand T.J. McConnell.
1: I digress. Did he become more likable once he grew out his hair a bit? I think so.
3: Yes, he did. Yeah. That That I will agree with
1: wild move choosing to be bald as an individual who will likely be bald within the next, you know, decade. Uh I don't know a person who would choose that life. So that's my, that's my two cents on TJ McConnell right there. Absolute psychopath. I think.
0: That's the analysis that people come for right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything, any, any parting thoughts on the Pacers boys? Do we, do we play? Who's the highest paid player on the Pacers? Ooh. Yeah, why not? Everyone gets one guess. Um, I won't say it until everyone guesses. You get one guess though, okay.
2: Tomás Spurtis,
1: I was close. (laughs) A king, a king, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) um, I don't even know who's on the maybe Ricky Rubio. Is
3: it Ricky Rubio on the Cavs? No, I think just got on ESPN, up. he is on the Pacers. Oh, that might be Ricky Rubio. It does
1: say Malcolm Brogdon is also still on the team. Oh, so.
0: okay. Well, yeah, this is faulty. Yeah, this is kind of faulty. Come on, ESPN. We'll stick to ESPN, though.
1: Can anyone get the highest paid player?
0: Okay.
1: Per ESPN. Would it be Malcolm Dan, can you name? can you name three other Pacers that I have not yet named? Chris Duarte. Yeah, he's not the highest paid player on the team. <laughs> okay. All
3: right. Are we are we just playing name the Pacers? This is what's happening right here? <laughs> well,
1: it's a combo. Name the Pacers. Who's the highest paid player?
3: Is Chris Joseph on this team? <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, Uh-oh. Bruh. I, I don't know. I don't know these Pacers. Wow. Is Thaddeus Young on this team? Uh, Miles uh, Turner? Oh,
1: Miles, Miles Turner. Turner. Miles Turner, one of the highest paid players. Uh, uh, the Pacers have turned into, like, Arizona Plus. Like, they have they have four Arizona players on their team. I uh, digress, Ed So okay. okay, Highest wait. paid player. A-
3: Arizona players? Hang on.
1: No, no. We're not going oh, to oh. play this game. We're not going to play this game. Nope.
3: Is Caleb Tarziewski on the Pacers?
1: Vito. No, no. no. TJ the, uh, McConnell, Benedict
3: Catherine, and Gabe York. Oh, my Fuck.
1: God. I guess it's one I don't, Get out of here.
3: I also cannot stand Gabe York. I hate that guy. He came in to kettle on so the is the highest
1: paid player on the Pacers.
3: Oh, yeah. There you go. That makes sense. I, wow. I knew somebody that came over in that bonus trade was going to have to factor into that.
1: but. Well, so let's just say there is room for growth on this Pacers team. There's opportunities to be had, Nemhard. You know the floor is yours. Take over, bud. Go get it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's a great spot. I mean, the Pacers are not fun to watch, but it's a great opportunity for Nemhard to come in and be an NBA point guard. And I think I think he could be that. I mean, he's got a great skill set. Um, he's a stud. He's a great facilitator. I think his game can translate well if he can hit the three and be more of an offensive threat. Um, he could have a really good NBA career.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, fun fact: I know Caleb Tarzowski is on the uh, the Milan team that uh, soon to be guest Kevin Pengos uh, is on. So Dan said that, and it kind of rang a bell for me. But moving on, uh, big news that I'll let the the USC boys take over here in a second. But USC and UCLA to join the Big Twelve, and what was? claimed by super special guest Zane as the biggest sports news in the last four to five weeks. Boys take the floor.
1: Well, first I would like to uh, revise that statement and say that that's probably the biggest sporting news of 2022. If we're, if we're being honest, Um, and that's purely, you know, obviously a little bias coming from a USC fan, but I think just based on, you know, how impactful college football is in, in, you know, this country and the sports media, a move to have one of, you know, the most traditionally successful teams, uh, along with their, you know, historic rival to leave a conference they've been part of for, Oh my God, like 50 plus 50 years. I, I don't know when they, they were part of the pack eight. Um, so one of the OGs, I, I would say, you know, the the premier sports program of the pack 12 and its rival leaving for another conference is like, it, it's right there with Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it, it's, it's the exact same thing. Um, I will say Texas, Oklahoma joined a better conference than the big 10, but the big 10 is undeniably the second best conference in college football right now. And is not even close. The drop-off between the sec and the big 10 is nuts. Um, but you know, my first reaction when I heard this, you know, I had a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a sadness, I'd say, you know, Zambi and I remember the days of, you know, Pac-12 after dark, Friday nights. Um, don't think we'll be seeing Arizona State anymore very often. Uh, so it is kind of sad to lose those little rivalries that have developed, you know, that we've seen play out forever. You know, Oregon State likely won't have too many opportunities to upset us in the fog in Corvallis. Uh, Pullman, see you later. Kind of bummed about that one. That's my closest uh, my closest away game that I could go to, but I won't miss Berkeley. I won't miss the Arizona's. I can, I can affirmatively say that. Um, At the end of the day, I think this is really good for USC football. Um, Other sports, it's going to be weird. I don't, I don't even know what to think about the other sports right now, Uh, particularly basketball. I think, you know, Big Ten frauds perfect place for USC given the, given their path the past two years, but you know, that, that's neither here nor there right now. It's, it's about football season. This is great for USC football fans. I think.
3: Yep. I think for the football component, I would totally agree with that. I think uh, from a recruiting standpoint, this conference is so much more attractive to play in than the PAC than 12. The PAC 12 is so overlooked and um, you know, you're, you go to the school maybe for like the weather or, you know, to be in LA or to play for like, The fact that like you can go to SC now and be playing Ohio State and Michigan every year or you know, Ohio State and Penn State and get to play in like, you know, the whiteouts and state college and just like all the different atmospheres they're gonna get to play in um, in the Big Ten is awesome. Obviously, the weather situation is going to really make USC look pretty soft, I think, for a couple of years. I think I think SC is gonna have a hard time playing in snowy Ann Arbor in November. um, and that's just not going to be a game that they're going to be able to win for a little bit, but th- they'll get there. Um, I, I think it's interesting that Lincoln Riley, you know, left Oklahoma when Oklahoma was making move to the SEC, and people thought he got the easy way out going to the Pac-12, and now he's going to have his hands full with the Big Ten. It's going to be fascinating to watch from that perspective, and, um, you know, it's like the Rose Bowl is so cool. You see the Pac-12 Big Ten clashing in a beautiful setting. Now we'll get to see that every year and – multiple times a year, and it's it's going to be cool. So it's going to be really weird getting used to playing those teams, but I'm I'm pretty stoked for it. Obviously, the Pac-12 is just not cutting it anymore. Um, they don't get teams in the playoff. This is going to be SC's path to the playoff, back to actual national recognition uh, and an opportunity that really cement themselves as, um, well, again, one of the top programs called football.
2: So that's all I got. Yeah, I just have a quick note here. I think uh, the players they're gonna appreciate this a little bit more, because you take a chick from Oregon State versus Ohio State, definitely a lot, lot better looking. So the guys are gonna be happy. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> and again, this is the analysis that people come for, right? Can't find this anywhere else. But uh... do we
2: do we
1: agree with that take? Are are. Our... The ladies that go to Ohio State more attractive than the ladies that go to Oregon State. Easy. I,
3: I, I don't really know what Jimmy said there, so I, <laughs> I was having a hard time following to begin with. I, I
1: think- I'm assuming he's he's making a reference to away games that the USC and UCLA you know athletes oh, are more satisfied. Did? Yeah, there'll be more. So Penn State, fair, but I I would say you know overall they're missing out on the Arizona schools, Zambi. They're missing out. They're missing out on Oregon. Well, they're not catching Uh, anything. I I have no comment as to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I would say if you go top to bottom, Pac-12 versus Big Ten, as far as uh, you know what you would think, ladies. You know, just based on looks, I, I, I think Pac- Pac-12 is is above, if not, you know, right there with them. Granted, USC and UCLA probably possess the majority of those, but I, I don't even know how we got here. Where where are we going? Yeah,
0: this is a tailspin. You want a serious I think,
1: name?
3: <laughs> I think you
0: made a great point, Zane. The Arizona schools have a lot of pull in that direction. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the players adjust again the analysis that the people come for this is what we're thinking about minus Mary Zane so <laughs> but uh anywho um I guess this has kind of had a weird effect on you know what other conferences are gonna do and us being a Gonzaga based podcast uh again talks are coming up about you know what are other conferences gonna do specifically you know maybe more basketball focused schools uh maybe the big east maybe they try to push the envelope a little bit further i'm hearing some whispers that you know maybe if uh another massive move shakes out in the pac 12 being i think what
1: are the other schools looking to leave like oregon and and someone else so today uh, originally last week after the usc ucla like bombshell that was dropped on the world uh there were talks that oregon and we were also looking to join the Big Ten. But then there was another wrinkle that, oh, wait, I think, you know, Big Ten might be more interested in Notre Dame. And so we're going to wait to hear from Notre Dame before we commit to other schools. And then it was like, well, if you take those three schools, the one obvious one that's out, the odd man out, is going to be the Huskies. Uh, if you line up, you know, Washington, Oregon, and Notre Dame, Notre Dame and and Oregon are, you know, by far more superior athletic programs than, you know, Washington. Um, And so I think that kind of got Oregon to back out a little bit. And now today, I think it was dropped that the Big 12 is like actively pursuing six teams from the Pac-12, which include the Arizona schools, the two other California schools, Stanford and um, Cal, and then Oregon and UW, which would leave Washington State and Oregon State to join the WCC, baby, in a quest for dominance.
0: <laughs> wow, what a wild ride that was. Um, yeah, so back to, back to my point. Um, if that happens or something along that thread, you know, especially with the Big 12, I heard something along the lines of the Big East looking to add Gonzaga and Kansas. That would be that would be pretty fucking sick. Uh, a nice. little, a little, yeah, a little Big East West, headlined by Gonzaga and Kansas. That would mean the Big East would have Gonzaga, Kansas, and Villanova in the same conference. Goodbye, all the talks of playing in a uh, in a high school conference. That would be absolutely dynamite, and I am on full board with that. That would be. Absolutely electric. Yeah. I, I,
1: go ahead, Dan. I've
3: been talking okay. a lot. I was just going to say, I uh, love the sound of that. I think when I first saw the news of the uh, Pac-12 and Big Ten com- like combining a little bit with SC and UCLA and thinking about their their schedule they'd be playing, it's like, okay, now what's the excuse for why Gonzaga can't be in the Big East if, if this is already going to be a precedent, if you're going to have teams playing from California, playing freaking Rutgers, um, you know, why can't Gonzaga get into a conference like this and, you know, playing teams like Butler and Creighton and have some that are geographically – I don't think Butler should be on that list. But Creighton's a little closer to, than everything else. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like let's just do it now. Like, What else can we possibly do? The Pac-12 doesn't, isn't attractive anymore. The Pac-12 just doesn't make sense, again, from the football perspective. The big piece is the only thing that makes sense. And now the biggest hurdle – was like, oh, how are they gonna do this and navigate, you know, the schedules? Like somebody's already doing it. High 12s, Big Ten already doing it. Like just roll it out there. Let's go. Let, let, let's go. Zags, Kansas, Nova, same conference. Woo, baby. Goodbye, number one overall seeds. I think those are gonna be hard to come by.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, you know, the boys, the teams are already flying private. You know, they're used to that. Uh, they're used to traveling. So anytime, any place, they know the Zags are down. It's just now we got to figure out how to get there as soon as possible.
1: Yeah. And, and just to, you know, sort of reiterate what Dan said and hammer this point home, like the talk's like, OK, well, Pac-12 has two spots open now. You know, let's let's join the Pac-12. I think, you know, you're you're living in a in a different world where you think we're joining a conference that prioritizes football. Um, because that, you know, like it or not for better or worse, that is the moneymaker, uh, in, in college sports, it's exponentially greater than, you know, college basketball, which is the second. And that's exponentially greater than the third, which is not sure to be determined. Um, but so, so Gonzaga is just maybe, maybe the PAC 12 changes now that USC and UCLA are gone and, and there's talks of other teams trying to potentially get out. So, Maybe there's a reshuffling where the Pac-12 does become a viable option. I'm not even sure at that point if it's as competitive as we want. If it's if it's actually that much better than the current WCC. Um, so, like Dan said, I mean the Big East is the only thing that makes sense right now. It's the only thing that makes sense. Um, perhaps, like the, I still don't like the idea of the Mountain West. Like I, I don't think it's I don't think like San Diego State is a good competitive team every year. Um, Nevada, fine sometimes New Mexico is there, but it's just like, yeah, Big East is the only thing that makes sense. Um, The template is out there for you now. So just make it happen. I don't know if, do we have to bring another team with us? If we do, you know, I I don't, I don't know, Kansas. I I don't, I don't really buy Kansas joining the Big East. Um, And the only reason for that is because they're currently like what Gonzaga is to the WCC, but on a much larger scale like they run that conference uh especially you know on the basketball side of things so i and and with the big 12 clearly showing an interest in competing with this conference realignment they're going to give kansas whatever they want and they have to if they want to stay relevant so i just i I don't see that happening I, i like i love it if it does happen great but i think it's more likely that we bring like a I don't want to say St. Mary's because they're like the most obvious option to come with us, but like maybe a Loyola Chicago can come with us or something like that. I don't know. Just spitballing.
3: I like what you're thinking there. I wonder too, if, if like the WCC as a whole, just like disbanding seems bad. I wonder if there's a way that like just basketball goes Big East, and the WCC stays intact. Like what? Like what, Where is Loyola Marymount? Where is Portland? Where are those schools going? Like the WCC is going to have to remain. So, twelve baby. Oh my no. gosh! Football, that the same argument we just had. That doesn't make any sense. So well, good, I, wonder, I don't.
1: I don't even think. I don't even think those like. Uh, is football dead in the Pac-12? Like, uh, who's going to watch a like Oregon State Wazoo game six times a
2: year? <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's that's tough. What? I think there could be a world, too, where where Gonzaga joins the pack as just a basketball school, and that's a still a decent enough conference to, like, that's probably a step up from the WCC. It's um, because, like, Arizona's playing better. Um, some of those other schools, whatever. I, that's the only one that really tickles my fancy. But, yeah, I don't know. It, there's a lot of logistics around this stuff, but – Things are changing in college sports. And it's uh it's pretty cool to kind of see it happen. Definitely weird, but like it's changing fast, boys. Better catch up.
3: Yeah. Same, what's your dad's take on this? I feel like your dad would have a a good take on SC leaving the Pac 12.
1: Yeah, so I don't I don't actually know if he's in favor or against it because, you know, like I said, he, he's been a USC fan since I think like the 80s when he went to school there and so he's had 40 40 some years of these rivalries so I think yeah I mean he's gonna he's gonna miss playing ASU to a degree he's gonna he's moving to east like to Coeur d'Alene over here pretty soon and I think he expected to get a couple of games up there in Pullman from now and then and, and that's not gonna happen so I think I think in that sense he's bummed um, but he also, he, one, he's fascinated by the money thing of this, uh, the money aspect of this whole thing. He has been taking a deep dive. He's been getting into some conspiracy theories that have been going out there. But, you know, one thing I will, two, two quick points about this is, you know, my dad is fed up with the Pac-12, like, uh, management. It's just horrible. Every other conference has, like, a premier TV network deal with ESPN or Fox, and the Pac-12 is just stuck on like Time Warner cable somewhere where you can only get it if you're like in region. And it's just, it's awful. Um, and then two, we actually have quite a few family members uh, on, on my mom's side that are Cornhusker fans, pretty diehard Cornhusker fans. They've been dying hard for a while. So I think my dad's looking forward to adding a little insult to injury to the Cornhuskers over there. And, you know, I, for one, as someone who kind of, you know, roots for them, when when you know USC's not doing too well, or you know at that 9 a.m. big noon kickoff, uh, I won't be a Husker fan at all anymore. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to welcome a new rival to the Gary household, um, and I think that's gonna be the one. Uh, last point: the the logo and color matchups that we're gonna get in the Big Ten are going to be absolutely like pure electricity. The the Minnesota. USC game is going to be chaos for everyone watching. I, one of those teams, I, I think Minnesota is just going to have to go like all white because you can't do the yellow pants. Both teams can't be in yellow pants. Um, and then the Michigan State versus USC game, the, the Spartan helmet and the Trojan helmet, That I guarantee that's going to be the college game day just because they're going to want to put the, the helmets next to each other. And that is going to be a great color scheme game
0: yeah that's those are all really good points i was actually thinking about how weird it's going to be like you know early late winter when it's going to be like usc versus michigan or michigan state or ohio state like feels like it should be like a playoff game you know that's really when you ever see those teams match up or a bowl game and this is just my perspective because i don't really have a college team but like now seeing that earlier on like i, don't know, I think it's good for college football you know it's almost like a mix-up i from my perspective, I just never really followed college football that closely. So, uh, for the casual fan like myself, it's definitely like definitely piques my interest.
1: One, one last thing. One last thing. You know, Dan talked about how you know could be trouble for those SoCal boys going out to the to the Midwest in the winter. But might I remind you, it's not going to be easy for those Midwest boys to come out to smoggy Southern California in the dead of September, when there's a cloud of just burnt tire rubber floating in the skies in LA, just burning the inside of your lungs. Those soft tissue lunged boys from the Midwest won't know what hit them.
3: That is true. Did not factor that into the equation. Um, I think my <laughs> last point on this is that I really already don't like Ohio State. I'm going to hate Ohio State now, playing in the same conference as them. Van O'Connell, Matt Mayberg, the Ooh. rivals, the, the rivalry will be real. And, Juddy? Uh, huh? Juddy? Is Juddy a Ohio State guy?
1: Juddy is a pretend Ohio State guy. He fell in oh, love with, like, Ted Ginn no. Jr. in, like, fourth grade, and all of a sudden he's uh, the biggest fan. Whoa!
0: Oh, no. I saw him doing the USC fight song at your wedding. Oh, he's the worst. He's the
1: worst when it comes to that. He was a Manti Teo fan, too. It's just So, he's just bouncing all over the place. Is that? Is that the team you hate the most in the Big Ten, Dan? Uh,
3: yeah, I'd say it's kind of – I mean, Ohio State and Michigan are both kind of toss-ups to me. But I feel like Ohio State really pisses me off. Yeah.
0: Nice. Good, good analysis there, boys. We had a lot of different points on the uh, conference realignment – uh, topic but uh with that being said we're going to transition here uh, as everyone knows we had a, a massive following as the boys took on hoop fest one of spokane's finest traditions uh total recap of how the team did i believe we finished three and two secured fourth place uh with one newcomer dan two two two-timers and zane and colin that was my third round of hoop fest Uh, Overall, I think we all chalked it up as a success. I think we did really well. We played as a team. uh, And I think we definitely turned some heads. Guys, what did you think?
1: Yeah, uh, full disclosure, you know, we got a forfeit to start the tourney off. I think that um, significantly uh, assisted our ability to actually be competitive on Sunday. Um, If we would have had two games under our belt, who knows what would have happened. But I am confident that we would have still won that first game just based on uh, not only the way, you know, the heart that Dan, Colin, and I played with, but also just the tenacity that Paige brought every single game. Um, I have little to no doubt that we still make it to Sunday 2-0. Um, I do think – actually, you know what? That fourth team we played was just so damn bad. I don't even think if we had, t- if we had tired legs, we're still beating those guys. They were awful. So that, that was the easiest game, the one game we won Sunday – was by far the easiest game of the tournament. I thought the, the ginger, the ginger guy. Oh, yeah. um, I will say you can't talk about the hoop fest tournament without first discussing uh, the where's Dan fiasco. That you know also started a weird way to start the tournament was you know one getting uh, a forfeit to start, and then two Dan just like no showing for not only team breakfast but also uh, shoot around. What happened, Dan?
3: Uh, family obligations. Um, I had had a morning morning walk scheduled with uh, Zoe and the Arneson family. Shout out to Scott, now an award winning listener of this program. Um, and uh, you know, I was gonna be I was gonna be with them in the morning. I was gonna I was gonna take care of my responsibilities there, and then I'd be ready to shift into into basketball mode. And I don't think we had any kind of plan for any expectation of when shoot around breakfast was happening until like Friday night. And at that point I had already committed to my obligations and uh, I was going to follow through and then uh, get to get to hoop fest
1: afterwards. One, one interesting point here is Dan has come to the conclusion that you can't possibly wake up earlier to walk a dog. You have to sleep in and then walk the dog when you're supposed to be doing shoot around. You can't, there's no way that you can possibly just move everything up one hour in order to make team shoot around. The breakfast I can forgive, you know. You're going to see your girlfriend's family. I get it. The shoot around, inexcusable.
3: Well, because I didn't eat breakfast, I had to eat breakfast when you guys were at shoot around. So the timing just just didn't align.
1: You couldn't um, you couldn't wake up early, eat breakfast, walk the dog, and then go well, shoot around. No,
3: we we were all on a on a on a combined oh. clock here. So it was, it it wasn't just me. If it was me. I absolutely I would have been. It. But at that point, I'm a guest at somebody's house. I don't, want to set the, I don't want to set the tone of what time we're waking up, what time we're doing these things. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. And then when it's time to be there, I'll be there.
1: So you, you're pointing the fault at the Arneson family now.
3: <laughs> There's no fault. Being they played. listen to the show, Dan, and you're blaming
1: them for, for, for this whole thing. Because you said it's not your fault. You can't make the decision. So it's their fault
3: no, it, it's nobody's fault. It's just, I had two things I was doing. I was doing one thing early in the morning and then it was all basketball from there. And I was there. I might, I might had, I, I was at our court about 45 minutes early that earlier than you guys were. Do you feel like it
1: impacted your first game?
3: <laughs> um, based on how I was doing better later in the weekend? Yes. I do think I had a bit of a slow start.
1: Yeah. One point in the first game. <laughs> Three <laughs> rebounds for our tallest player. One missed three and two missed free throws in that first game, Dan. I one missed free throw. That was an incorrect stat from Courtney. One almost fight as well.
0: True. We should we should break down the fight for the listeners.
1: I think I think we can move past the Dan. Well, this goes back to Dan again. You know, Dan just wanted to fight in almost every single game that we played. A- at one point, I think we labeled him the Draymond Green of this team.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good label.
1: Yeah, we were thrown around that uh,
3: Draymond Draymond title. Um, really though, I think Zane was the one that that initiated this this fight and the butt hurtness of Mister Number Twenty Three, as we called him. Zane goes in for a layup. Little Draymond move on Zane's part with that off arm, just kind of swinging and just hitting the guy right in the mouth on his way to the rim. <laughs> Bloodies him up. So that guy's just butthurt and bleeding and pissed. And I mean, I'd be mad too if I got hit in the mouth. And then he's just like ultra aggressive for the rest of the game, like getting chippy. It didn't help that we had Mr. Chirps a lot, Chris Zamblin on our, on our bench, just like dropping like little one-liners just to like get him talking. And then the guy hits a free throw and he looks at Zambi, he just starts doing the, you know, talking with his hands. And he he really riled him up. Um, and then, you know, I got in there and I, I tried to match him like with some physicality a little bit and um, got a little handsy and, you know, maybe maybe kind of got my arms on him a little bit and was, I guess, attacking one of his teammates' throats. Apparently I'm, I'm out there trying to, trying to slash throats. And this I guy saw a couple just, of those slashes.
1: I, I saw a couple of them. <laughs>
3: all, all I saw was a screen that would probably be a penalty in hockey for cross-checking to my yeah. head. That was not a basketball play whatsoever, um, which I got rightfully upset about, I think. I think I actually controlled myself well after that situation happened because if it happens to anybody, people are going to be pretty fired up. Nothing, nothing escalated from that. Just... Just, just continue to play hard. We got the win.
0: Yeah, yeah. going Co- into the Co- game two,
3: we said that that was our guy that we had to stop. And whether that was physically stopping, emotionally, mentally, in between the ears, who knows? Yeah, he he was a head
1: case from the start. I think you know, as a team, I think Colin and I absolutely put the clamps on the dude. And then uh, Dan, Dan, Draymond, and Serpy over here. <laughs> like you know, put the put the nail in the coffin with just the antics towards the end when he was hooking up trees. but you know the, the the first thing i gotta say about your little recap there dan is uh christopher zamlin on the sideline for anyone who has ever watched the muppets and the two old guys that sit in the rafters of the theater and are just chirping poor kermit and miss piggy and all you know all the little characters the entire time burn her burn they're muppets yeah Different are they different?
3: It's are Muppets all Sesame Street or is Sesame Street different than the Muppets? Those
1: those are different. You're thinking Elmo Big Bird and and the Cookie Monster. I'm talking about Kermit, Miss Piggy. Well,
0: let me see.
1: Kermit, okay. Regardless, Christopher Zamlin embodies both of the old timers sitting in the rafters just chirping the Muppets the entire time.
0: Kermit, I can't concur. Can confirm Kermit is a Muppet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Zamblin,
1: Zamblin also is a Muppet.
0: <laughs> well, as, as one who's been on the receiving end of Zambi's chirping lately with our baseball talk, uh, he can get on your nerves. You know, he just kind of keeps coming with the one-liners, the little jabs that sometimes really don't make any sense, but he comes with them regardless. Um, and so I think Z- I firmly believe Zambi got him going. Like he was, he started the fire and then we kind of just poured gasoline on it with uh, my thing with him. And I gave him, I gave him a couple words with this. He kept trying to do the James Harden foul move. Like we we're in the NBA. Like he was using the physicality of hoop fest to draw fouls where it's like, none of us are calling those fouls. Like, come on, dude. Um, So that was my, my issue with him. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like I could do that every single time you guys are guarding me so closely. Like, this is just lame so I let him know I wasn't happy with that and then uh yeah and then the whole Dan thing happened and that was pretty funny I was just like all right calm down guys
3: <laughs> if you watch the film of this which I did multiple times because we yeah, had great gr- great videography going on shout out to Katie shout out to to Courtney keeping stats I don't know who else videoed I think maybe I videoed a little bit when I was on the bench for serving my suspension um but watching that screen I was just like wow, that, that that was as uh, illegal and as egregious as I thought it was live. So um, I, I I can't control that. I can't control if somebody's coming at me, arms flying at my head, thinking that that's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, that was a cheap shot for sure. That was a cheap shot. That wasn't cool. I was just like, come on, dude. He was about to get all of us kicked out of the
2: tournament.
1: A couple, couple of cheap shots because I think, you know, after – my clearly incidental hand slap to the face, like, sorry. Well, the problem, the problem is with, you know, Dan and I both in these like kind of hard fouls that other teams thought we were doing. It's not a product of us being like uber aggressive, uh, or like even trying to just play physically. It's just us being like out of the game for so long that we're kind of uncoordinated, a little bit clumsy on the court. You could even say. Um, and so yeah, I, I just, you know, that's, that's what Hoop Fest is. It's, you know, guys who were the the stars of their high school teams that come to play. Well, with the exception of Dan that come to play, you know, one last time, bring back the glory days, but, you know, moving on from this a little bit, boys, I want to talk about what each of us thinks we can, we can improve on for next year. Um, You know, Paige, you obviously had a phenomenal tournament player of the tournament, arguably player of our bracket. I would say, I think, I mean, just based on, you know, theory of relativity there, Playing with the three of us, you kind of carried us. Um, 11 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists. Justin, what more could you possibly bring to the table next year?
0: Uh, I think for me, just personal goals, just in general. Like, I play a lot of basketball now, so I have definitely came in kind of knowing where my spots are and that kind of thing. For me, just in general, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight. I just – kind of bulked up too much in college big meathead over here um so getting our weight class down could be beneficial so that I don't have to guard the big guy or like the heavy guy I can guard maybe like 23 or I can guard I can continue to guard some of the smaller but maybe more skillful players uh because it's it's also just not really fun guarding a guy that was like, like 260 you know like on the first team, they had two guys that were both easily 260-plus, just units, absolute units. It just gets tiresome and boring. Um, so I think besides that, just keeping the handle tight. Uh, st- I've been working a little bit on the, the quick-release step-back threes because that, that loss kind of stung a little bit at the end of the tournament. Um mm. stung. It stung. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really all I'm focused on right now, I think. And hopefully – getting you guys more involved, I think would help a lot, but that'll just come with playing together more.
1: Yeah. Well, I can personally relate to uh, having to guard someone a little bit bigger than you on the court and uh, not finding it as fun as one might think. But Dan, I'd like to know, you know, first, right off the bat, were you happy with your performance this year? Did you meet your own expectations? We're talking 2.8 points per game four rebounds per game and half, or sorry, four, yeah, four rebounds per game, half an assist per game. What, you know, expectations satisfied or not? Uh,
3: I'd say collectively probably, probably didn't quite satisfy my expectations. Um, But I think knowing what I contributed to the last game, I felt like, all right, I was here on this team for a reason. I can build off of this
1: and I can play out here. I belong. Terrific, terrific, concise, short, and sweet. I guess I'll I'll finish this off here while we're on this. Um, 0.8 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, and one assist. Um, I'd say on the hustle stats, I'm satisfied. More than satisfied. 4.5 rebounds, I'll take that any day. Um, Would like to see the assist numbers a little higher, but I think that's more of a reflection of just three-on-three basketball than me not dishing the ball. Um, Did have a couple of highlight assists. One was the inbound to Page, the quick cutback that we had planned. Another one was to Dan that, you know, allegedly did not count because he ripped the jersey off the guy to get open. But I think I really, really lacked on the offensive side of the ball here. And And I think it's just as much as making one three a game. Like if I can just average two points a game and then maintain the 4.5 rebounds, maybe get that assist number up to two. That is just about all you can ask for from, you know, a guy that's out, out sized on the court by six inches per game. And then also like 40 pounds per game. So I, I got to focus on that, uh, on that three ball a little bit, maybe drawing some fouls down low, but I just don't like calling fouls at Hoofest. I don't, that's not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but as far as the team goes, couldn't have been more satisfied boys expectations were met and, and, you know, we went above and beyond, I think. Uh, Never forget Cooper said we wouldn't make it past Saturday. And we did that with relative ease. Um, So Cooper, Cooper should have a punishment for that.
0: Yep. I uh, fully agree with that statement. And I'll I'll speak for Colin here because Colin's the fourth guy who isn't on the pod, but I know he's an AWL. And uh, I think Colin showed
1: up 2.8 points. Per game, 6.3 mm-hmm. rebounds, led the team in that figure, 0.3 assists. Not a big passer.
0: Not a 12, big passer.
1: 12 boards in one game, though. That yeah. was impossible. Yeah, monster game.
0: One thing about our team is it was basically like offense was, was kind of just me running the show a little bit, but defense, the intensity was there, every possession. Besides that one little blurb with the morning game that I still believe we should have won – uh we were always intense on D. We brought it every game. And I don't think any of the teams we played like saw it. They're like, "Who are these scrubs?" Like, "What what are we looking at here?" They're, they took one look at Colin, they're like, "Oh, come on."
1: <laughs> but well, that, uh, that one team, the team that beat us uh first game Sunday, we we ended up being boys with them a little bit. Shout out Walla Walla. Yeah. Um but they were like, "Yeah, we looked at you guys and we're like, "Oh, easy dump And they were like, "You guys are way stronger than you look." Like you guys, I was like running into a brick wall with every single one of you. And you know, that's who we are. That's, you know, that's why we hit the gym page. That's why we power. That's why we power clean. That's why we bench press Dan. I'm not sure what you're doing in the gym these days, but I think I can speak for Paige Colin and I We're hitting it hard every day, pumping that iron.
0: Yep. I will say since the last hoop fest, we all played in together. I guess that's just Colin and Zane. I have had like, multiple three-month periods with both of you guys of like hitting my garage gym very aggressively so that definitely played a role um but I think altogether you know I think if the team can just hit the the setup three if you guys can just knock that down each one of you guys once a game like that would be very solid because we had our looks we had our looks there and you know that's just repetitions that's everything you guys can control uh myself included I didn't hit every shot by any means so uh, the setup threes are the ones you got and avoid this. There was a little bit of a slope on the, uh, on the right side. I think for those like corner threes, those are tough to hit, but um, like that little inbounds play we have the one where the inbounder passes it to one side and then screens for the other guy comes up top money. That was money. money. We can just hit that every time. Not every
1: time, but once a game for every player, why not? Us? If Dan and I had a theory. If, if Colin, Dan and I, can strictly average 10 points a game, double digits between the three of us, we will win because if we can maintain the defense intensity while doing so, we will win because our team is not one that gets to 21. We're going to grind out a full 30 minute fucking game (laughs) out there. And we're going to force the other team to do it with us through just tenacious defense, fierce rebounding, and then just absolutely horrific bricks off the off the glass from us and so that that's if we can do that and page can if we can get page's number down from like 11 to 8 just just not because he can't do it but because he doesn't have to we're gonna we're gonna win games 18 to 15 throughout the tournament
0: i think yeah that's that's huge another point with that is we tire him out on offense too so like we just go, I'll go down low. I would prefer to go down low more just because that's where I feel like I'm more skilled. Um, but just grind down there, just shoulder to chest, shoulder to chest, just get them tired. And then they got to go on offense and face our defense. No shot, no shot.
2: But yeah,
3: I think this is, that, a, this is a good recipe. It's a good recipe. I think we, <laughs> we, we have a lot to build on. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think uh, one thing that, you know, we kind of went in depth about our our, our our first game that we actually played and the win and the chippiness of that one. But I think everyone needs to know that we were up 18-15 on a team that had two former college basketball players on it. <laughs> one that went to Whitworth, one that went to Central Washington. How about how about our four? Did any of us even play high school basketball? No, no. we did not. So, wait, wait, Dan, Dan, did you try to play
1: high school basketball?
3: Yeah, I tried out three times. <laughs>
0: oh that that hurts that hurt me zane
3: (laughs) back back when i was five four hundred pounds would you want to be on your team when i was five four hundred pounds in high school
1: i don't know looking at your rebound stats even when you're like six two six three no i wouldn't want five four out there
0: i think i mean the bar the bar has been set with that team that won we know we're up against when we ever play again they probably won't be in our bracket, let's be honest, because there's so many brackets, but that's the bar. They've got two good players and then an absolute animal down low. So I think just beef up a little bit in the gym, work on – I call it working on tired three-pointers. So, like, doing some cardio beforehand, like you're playing in a game and then coming in to take your shots. Working on that form when you're winded, that's that's big time. Because uh, we can all take a 1,000 shots, you know, fresh. We're taking more shots when you're tired. That's when it really comes out. So uh, hitting those shots, I think we'll be good, boys. I'd l- I'd love for you guys to to take more shots and all that stuff. I feel like we were all just kind of winded on offense. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna try and make something happen here.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. I I mean, you know, Dan brought up the fact that in the in the last game, the final four that we lost, we were up 18 to 15 against a team with two former college basketball players. We got to that point like on the shoulders of the three ball and a couple of bank in threes. And so it it was not easy to get to that point. And by the time we got there, we all, you know, came to the resolution that the only way we're going to win this game is by hitting another bank in three, or just like another step back three. We did not have the energy to run any more, you know, off ball screens. Dan did have a phenomenal cut that would have put us within one, but just like, The defense that that team put on us when they realized, oh, shit, we're about to lose to this absolute scrub squad. Um, (laughs) All all we could do, and you could tell, boys, when when they called the timeout and we got to 18, they were pissed at one another. And when they came out of that break, the clamps were on, and Paige had no space to breathe. And at that point, it was just huck and pray, huck and pray. And, you know, it's not a recipe for success it didn't go our way, but you know, that's, that's, that is that game winnable? I think so. We were, we were one basket away. Um, did it take our, you know, damn near 110% effort to get to that point? I also think it did, uh, but you know, Without uh, doubt also, you guys basically played three on three on four that game, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Cause I hand up, I was done boys. I was done. The, the There were cinder blocks stuck to the bottom of my basketball shoes. <laughs>
0: yeah it was a long one uh, i will say it was, was pretty it felt pretty good there was that that uh that bearded guy on the team who was probably the least skilled player they had i think uh the guy they called steph flurry was a little bit better he had a nicer shot i love that they called him steph flurry too all time steph mcflurry steph, steph mcflurry Steph
1: McFlurry.
0: absolute fire nickname it was a it was a, a guy on the other team was heavier but he actually had a nice shot it was pretty funny uh but the, the beard guy was just like on me and cooking him up a little bit with the back door. And then I think I hit a step back between the legs three. That was, that one felt pretty good. I was like, are you really going to keep guarding me like this? He did, but it was nice to cook him and and let him know it didn't matter.
3: For those that uh, didn't, didn't get to, didn't get to watch the tape. I think Paige's performance is similar to like when Luka Doncic is just in a mode where no one's stopping him. He can get to the rack. He can step back three shots are going in. He just commands the defense and he still puts it up and still scoring anyway. That's what I feel like we were playing with at times. And we were just scrubby, like Dorian Finney Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, Bobon. Maybe, maybe I'm like a Bobon. I don't know. But, <laughs> no, no, um, no, you're not. You're not a
1: Bobon, Dan. You're not just a for Bobon. the
3: height, just for the height.
1: Okay, that's fair. In our bracket – well, actually, in our bracket, you were about average, it seemed like.
0: Yeah. A lot of tall guys in our bracket for being a six-foot and under.
1: Yeah.
2: But – You know,
1: I, to, to reiterate what Dan said, you know, there were times I got caught, you know, not chasing an offensive board just because I was just like, oh, shit, Paige is, Paige is going to put up another one and it's going to go in. Um, so.
0: There was yeah. – I will say that game, I hit a moment where I was like, like, give me the fucking ball. Like, this is going in. That was the best I felt the entire tournament, actually, which is ironic because it was the last game. But, yeah, there were some plays I made where I was like, now nah, we're cooking, now we're cooking. But This
3: guy also did not come off the court in the last game. He played wire-to-wire, wire, whole game, wouldn't come out. Um, and then, yeah, Paige, I, I was – your your shot-making was incredible. I thought that, like, at some point it just wasn't going to go anymore, but it just, it, it just kept going. And I'm like, let's go, keep – let us ride it on your back and take us to the promised land. And that's, that's where we went. We went as far as we could go. It was, it was a, it was, it was a hell of a ride. Hell of a ride.
0: It was fun. I, I had a bl- I actually went into this tournament, like being like, all right, this is the last one. Like, I don't really want to make this trip anymore. Not that I don't want to visit beautiful Spokane. Uh, but after the tournament, I was like, we got to run it back. Like I, that was so much fun. And, uh, just like kind of being in that competitive environment again. It was, it was awesome.
3: I think we can yeah. run it back for a couple of years. I don't think next year has to be it. I think, I think we got two in us.
1: Well, here, here's, here's the thing you like heading into it. It's such a chore to like kind of get to Spokane for a lot of people. It's such a chore to do the registration, to check in. Um, you think about the heat and you just remember how like excruciating it is on that blacktop, You remember the crooked boards, the uh, like slanted courts, the sunburns. But then, but then at the time in the moment, you're like, holy shit, this is fun. I miss this like competitive nature that basketball brings out. And then Saturday night, you're like, holy shit, I miss just getting hammered right after these games and then sweating it out on Sunday. And at the end of it, you're like, fuck, I kind of miss my friends too. And it's just a, it's a great, a great event for everyone. Great event for Spokane um a real great way to kick off summer um it was fun boys and i think the bar is set for us it's it's final four or bust every single time we show up
0: absolutely i think if we put in the work we'll we'll be there every year and i do have an open invite to any of the other gonzaga podcasts any of you guys out there if you guys want to step up maybe get a little scrimmage going maybe get a little maybe except for you know the the soccer podcast and the the morrison and the dick out podcast you guys aren't invited to this but anyone else wants
2: no, to fuck step up? bring
1: it
0: <laughs> i don't know okay Hey, yeah why not i mean if we got to actually play against them that would be kind of sick but yeah i mean let's go i mean we're i think we're the only podcast to participate in spokane's largest event you know of the year so uh we'd love to see you guys out there maybe we can get a little scrimmage going or if we're lucky enough get in the same bracket It'd be a lot of fun Hell is yeah. free
1: Ira Brown the only other, like, multiple host? Well, no, no. Uh, B. Mary and, and Carson's. That yeah, would Dylan, be a – um, we'd be underdogs. We'd be massive underdogs in that game.
0: Why? They're all old men now. Come on now. Carson and B. Mary can hoop.
3: Dylan's
1: tall. B. <laughs> Mary won. They, they won their uh, – <laughs> he's a champion this year. Who won? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that would be, that would, they would be the number one seed, no doubt. They they're the squad. They're the well, squad. Yeah. All right. But well, I think we could take for our round. Those guys are, those guys are getting up there, age. No offense. No offense. But, you know, facts are facts.
0: It's just a numbers thing at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, we'd love to see you guys out there. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll give you 30 minutes of hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll put you through the grinder. <laughs>
0: You're not going to feel – Dan will, will try ever. fighting
1: someone out there, too
0: oh that was was a blast though boys i we got to run it back you know we'll, we'll figure it out but uh that was a lot of fun
3: well we can't wrap up this talk without acknowledging the fact that we may have been fourth in the bracket but we were number one in a very important and prestigious category amongst the local uh you know spokane community the inlander the lovely publication. I don't remember if it's a newspaper or a magazine. I think it's more of a newspaper. Uh, had a top 20 funny team names for Hoop Fest. And the who funny came 20 in first, the funny 20, and who came in first, but the too many pod. So that is the time.
1: I do have a potential asterisk that Uh-oh. comes with that. I relooked at this, I got the newspaper and I had to verify for myself. And I'm pretty sure that the 20 team names are just in alphabetical order.
0: No, nope. oh, nope.
1: Nope. We're number one. <laughs> is, the we're only, by
0: far
3: the I'm pretty year. sure.
1: I'm pretty sure the only reason we're one is because we go a space no other, no one else at that. No, 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 no. We're number one. You're ruining this.
0: No.
3: No, no.
1: Okay. Regardless, we were the number one team on the list. Yeah, You can't take that away from us, whether it's alphabetical or not. We were the, we had a one by our name, much like the Gonzaga Bulldogs have a one by their name. No,
0: I like to think that they had like a board meeting with all the writers at the Inlander and they grinded it out. All right, what's number one to number 20? Uh, and they figured it out. So they chose us, regardless of what Zane just said, and uh, we're going to keep it rolling next year. The few too many continues.
3: And we need uniforms. We need sponsors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if anyone wants to sponsor
1: us next year. I stand corrected, boys. It looks like the entire list is in alphabetical order, except for number 12, who is Tummy Time. That one team negates the entire alphabetical order thing.
0: Yep. Yep, yep.
1: Tummy Time. Number one. That's not even that funny, Tummy Time. (laughs) Most of those are not very funny, if I'm being perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. Ours is funny though. Like, I feel like if you pick up the Inlander, you know, on Saturday morning of Hoop Fest and you read that, you get a little chuckle out of it, given the uh, recent events, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but in conclusion. Yeah. Good run there, boys. Uh, We'll be out there for 2023. And uh, I would say probably until we either A, get a horrendous court and it's just a shitty experience or B, one of us gets actually injured. I think that'll be the time when we all need to hang it up.
3: Knock on wood. A great <laughs> point about the court. Our court was perfect.
0: yeah we had a first shout out shout
3: out Agro Express forever. I
0: think the move is to just sign up last minute because I think you kind of get put on the outskirts, but those are where the nights courts are. all the parking lot I right.
1: would love to play downtown. I would love to play downtown one year. We're always on the north side of the river.
0: I will say I did play downtown once and it was fucking sick. We were right in front of the Nike store too right when it opened. It was pretty sick. There's always like 40 people at our game. It was gnarly.
1: We had like six people max at our games. No, we had some decent crowds. It was like playing at North. It's going to be like USC playing at Northwestern in the big 10. No one's there 11 AM, but guess what? You're playing against the grittiest team, high IQ basketball team. That's going to put a body on you at all times. That's, that's what that's every us. single one of our games was.
0: That's us, baby. We're just physical. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, and that's and that's my style of basketball. Up. That's why I thrive.
2: Yeah. And you I just you're all-
1: playing against uh, a big body team, little bodies but strong bodies, and then just a just a deafening silence in the crowd that can't be you know unfettered. It's just you're gonna have to put up with the elements when you play if you do many.
0: Yeah, I, I will say I I felt like I was actually like consistently like the second or third shortest player like on the court that was actually pretty surprising to me because i'm like a solid 5'10 so there are a lot of there are a lot of big bodies out there it wasn't just six foot and under anyways that what was a deep a dive one. into hoop fest that one that was a good one that was a good one boys that was fun i wish that i have a suggestion for the pot i think the whole group's got to come out next year and then we'll have the people not playing Uh, doing the live streaming and stat keeping so we don't have to have the missuses doing that. I'm sure they would appreciate that.
1: (laughs) I think they kind of loved it, though. I think it was a bonding experience. It forced them to stay in tune with the game. Courtney was like giving a full breakdown afterwards of what she thought. Katie obviously was like, Dan, I was not impressed with you afterwards that was one of the more savage things i, two, I heard
0: two it. notes about the arnesons that i loved a katie's commentary when dan took a shot
1: <laughs> that was pretty good it's like oh oh
0: no no dan then oh, it's
1: oh no dan oh no
0: and then two i don't i forget uh katie's dad's name but first i don't know what it was but i think after that our technically first game he was like really fired up And he gave me a good, like, a a stern, like, pat on the chest. He's like, let's go. And I was like, oh, let's go. I was like, all right, I like it. I like it. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Scott. That was fun. That was fun. It was nice to have. It's always fun to have, like, fans around, too, like, people that are actually in your circle and everything, because then it's like, you can get that breakdown and everything. But that was fun. That was a good time. (sighs) All right, well, HoopFest is over. Uh, One last note before we conclude the podcast. Zambi specifically requested this segment, but I figure I'll I'll do uh, him some due diligence here and eat some crow before I let everyone go. Uh, Mariners swept the Padres.
1: Uh, What happened before that?
0: We lost to the Dodgers uh, three times before us beating them once. Um, not a great week for Padre baseball, especially for me to really heighten the uh, trash talk. Uh, but I stand by my team and I stand by the comments I made to Zambia yesterday or two days ago because his comments made no sense. I mean, you can break them down. (laughs) No, 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 no. Everything I said was true. It was a fact. He wasn't on the all-star ballot anymore. And Zambia said he was, and he wasn't. He said he was going to be the first rookie, which I don't think is true to be an all-star. I think Mike Trout was a rookie that comes to mind um, when he was. At, wait, was that was a look? You guys are both giving me weird looks.
1: I think I think Zamblin was saying we wouldn't know if he's an All Star yet because the All Star game hasn't happened yet. Wasn't that yeah, but, what he meant?
0: But the ballots closed.
1: Yeah, I think he he didn't realize the ballots had closed because I also thought he was like he's going to be the first rookie ever to be an All Star. I was also like, wait a minute, huh?
0: Yeah, but I knew because I pay attention. I'm a stats guy.
1: Does he deserve to be an all-star, Justin?
0: After what he did to us, I'd say, sure, why not? I'm sure he'll probably be like a villain or something. Uh, But, you know, it is what it is. I never said he was a bad player, and I feel like I'm eating a lot of shit on this thing. You were also backing me up when they made the plus Soto comment. I stand by it.
1: I stand by it.
0: I a hundred percent stand by that. It's literally it's basically saying he's Mike Trout. And if you think about combining the two players and like their athletic abilities, uh and as good as he I think he's an exceptional talent. I think he'll be an all-star for years to come. But I don't think he's Mike Trout. I that's just my theory. I guess it's good And he's also
1: not gonna elevate the Mariners to playoff <laughs> status as is being shown right now. Like it's it's hard to imagine him playing much better, but like Straight up, the Mariners are just a bad, bad baseball team. Like they have, they have the pieces to be a playoff team right now. They're just bad. They have a losing culture, and they have a losing fan base, and that's just what it is. And you know, Dan, you can speak up for them because you've sort of adopted the Mariners. Yeah, Dan, Dan like give me some
0: slack in the chat. He
1: he did. He came at us with a little Julio thing. I thought Dan was a Dodger fan. I thought you know we we shared that, but I'm adamantly um, opposed. To someone, I got my NL team and my AL team. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, bro. It's it's this is competitive sports. You have one team that you root for. Just because you've lived in Seattle for a year, why would you become a Mariners fan? Do you like you just like baseball and drinking at that point? You don't actually like the Mariners.
3: I do like the Mariners. I think that the Mariners are like I don't really care about the AL NL thing. Like they and them and the Dodgers are just not on this. They're not really in the same league, almost as far as I'm concerned. So it's easy to root for two teams. Um, but speaking of of Julio, I went to the game on Sunday, saw Julio play live for the first time, and it's, it's worth the price of admission. First pitch, just a piss missile off the scoreboard in left field. Had an RBI double. He's fast as hell. He uh, stole third, but overslid the base, so he was out. So he's too athletic for his own good. Um, and uh, no, he's he's a Hell of a ball player. I think he will be an all star for years to come. And I think he will be part of the Mariners resurgence. You got to remember, Mariners are without Ty France and Mitch Hanager. Uh, and uh, JP Crawford and Jesse Winker have their suspensions going on. And, uh, Where does the resurgence
1: lot. begin, Dan? Because when you say they're a part of the resurgence, hasn't this resurgence been going on for 20 years?
3: No, because they, there's not been a playoff. For so the, the, the resurgence is when they get to the playoffs.
1: But haven't they been resurging this entire time? So, like, guys that played on the 05 team, were they part of the resurgence?
3: No, because the resurgence is when they get to the playoffs. That is when the resurgence happens.
1: Mm. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I see what you're saying.
0: So, if they never make the playoffs and who – No resurgence. He was not a part of the resurgence. Not a part of the resurgence. Just part of the mediocrity.
3: I
1: think think (laughs) Dan just really wants to, like – he's been part of, like – such successful (laughs) sports franchises his whole life that he's just like this is like you know and he was born into those those were his like birth children but now he wants to adopt this ugly stepchild that has potential for success in the future and you've just adopted the Mariners to be that and I think you're I think you're making a mistake here Dan I think you're gonna yeah, I don't think you really care. Otherwise, you'd be like Zamblin who logs off halfway through the episode knowing we're going to talk about the Mariners at some point. But I, I, I mean you
3: know I want them to succeed. I'm not gonna be hurt if they're losing.
1: That's I then, did, then you're not a fan. Then you're not a fan.
3: Okay, I'm I'm not a fanatic. I am a I am an, <laughs> an acquaintance Man, of the Mariners. Man is short for fanatic. I did, I did breaking news.
1: Fandom by after, convenience. Is he bought one, a, He one bought one a device. jersey. He bought a jersey
3: after the game on Sunday. <laughs> after after having having a couple Coors Lights, a couple you know a Bodie um, things like that. I did. I did. I did purchase a jersey. So I do is have a Julio jersey. I, no, I have an emerald green Mariners jersey with no name or number. Just oh. I'm going to customize it. I'm going to customize it with my my name on it.
0: Oh, don't in a, don't a don't custom jersey. It oh this is
3: a joke i'm not customizing my jersey oh my god it would have
1: been such a wild move if dan got a julio jersey like after one game of seeing him falls in love that's like the story of like every six-year-old's first baseball game
2: dan just did he was
1: 26 i
3: i would have i would have done it i didn't want to i couldn't really rationalize spending like 220 dollars on that though so fair enough i I didn't
0: say no to that one I will I will give the Mariners their flowers. They came in hot. Padres were slumping. And they gave it to us. They gave it to us. There's no excuses. Trust me. There are no excuses for me. We played like shit. I think Manny Machado wrapped it up best after the game today. He said this week, fucking sucked for Padres baseball. It was brutal. So, uh, you know, good job. I'm, I'm glad everyone's happy that they swept the Padres in a two-game series in early July. I'm glad they're all very excited about it. Uh, but we'll check back in, in, uh, September and October and see where these teams are. I hope they bring, I've gotten multiple texts from, uh, from our AWLs. Give me a little shit. I hope they bring the same intensity then. That's all I can say.
1: Paige, it was about this time last year when the Padres started to slump a little bit. Oh, right nope, Before oh, the all-star break. Oh, nope.
0: It was after the all-star break.
1: Ah, there were some notes before. There were Uh Uh a couple of notes before. (laughs) Are the Padres on 2021 slump alert right now?
0: I don't think they are because they've done this performance without Tatis. Uh, So that's going to be a pretty, pretty big pickup. Uh, Whenever he's ready, I feel like he's just taking his sweet time, Uh, but that's okay. We're doing all right. I mean, they played 31 games in 31 days, so... uh, what can you really do? They're, they're probably pretty that's a <laughs> It's a lot of baseball. So, uh you know, I I learned last year you can't get too high, you can't get too low. I feel like I've stayed pretty even keel in my trash talking, besides the random comments I get from Mariners fans, which out of nowhere, I've always supported the Mariners because I feel over the Padres in them. But okay, that's fine. I
1: love I love the rivalry. It's so random. <laughs>
0: I don't get it. I was all like, I was fully supportive of the Mariners, you know, and, uh, I cheered them on, you know, I wasn't a fan, but I cheered them on. Uh, did the same thing as Dan drinking some beers at the games. Good time. Uh, but I feel like I've been attacked for some reason and you know, I back up my team. I will always back up the Padres over the Mariners. I don't know if that's ever been in question, but, uh, yeah, just kind of out of nowhere, but you know what, whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah, I digress. I digress.
1: Well, thirty-one games, a lot of days, a lot of games, an hour and a half, a lot of podcasting for a Tuesday. I <laughs> think we gotta wrap it up here, boys. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap it up,
3: I, I I do have a quick quick comment, quick little anecdote from softball that we do need to share with the group. Um, Jake Jake said this was mandatory to share today. So, um, damaged goods, as as some of you know, that is our uh, fantastic. Softball team. We're part of a historic, historic squad here in Seattle. Um, had a little doubleheader on uh, last Wednesday, I believe, and just awful umpiring. We played a team that just wanted to walk the entire game. They talked shit. Uh, Penny, Mitch Penny was playing first. Um, he was getting very frustrated with how things were shaking out in the game. Uh, ended up kind of just rage quitting in the middle of the game. He got a ball. He was playing first. Ball comes to him. He stretches out to try and catch it. Doesn't catch it. Just picks up his gloves and just throws it over the fence. It says he's done, and just rage quit it, And that was the end. Of, that was the end of the game. Oh my god! Wait, the game the game ended because he quit. We got run ruled essentially on that play. But I was in the outfield with with Izzy, and we see Penny just like take his glove and chuck it. And we're like. What just happened? Did somebody like did did he get Max Muncie like stretching out for a ball and somebody hitting him? Did he get hurt? Like no, he just got pissed and he's just like, oh, just, I'm just so tired of it. Through the glove and God damn it! All right, well, I'm good now. It was just like a weird classic, angry Mitch, uh, you know, coming back, the shades of the Super Bowl when uh, Russell Wilson did not hand it to Marshawn Mitch That's all I'll say.
1: You don't you don't see Mitch Penny get angry in sports very often outside of a Seahawks game. You guys must have really sucked that game because he was on our team when we well he wasn't on our team. Was he? When I when neither of you guys were on on the first Seattle softball team, that was a bad team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we it was just a very frustrating game. This umpire would not call strikes. He was letting the other team just walk. He Had an awful call at home where we got him out and it was safe. Penny was just chirping the ump, so it 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 was a lot that kind of built up to it. But then when you just see a grown, almost thirty years old now, Mitch Penny, just take his glove and just throw it over the fence in a recreational softball game, you know that something happened. It didn't. Was he he drinking? No. He also was injured that game because he had sprained his toe uh, river rafting, (laughs) so he couldn't run. Oh. Um, but he did rally the troops because in our in in leg two of our doubleheader, we bounced back for a big win. And Jake Gilman uh, went four for four last week and was just hitting the ball hard all over the yard. So shout out Jake, very impressive. I think he's retiring though because he's in Alaska for like the rest of the summer. It seems like so he's going on. Well, oh, yeah, of- there
1: is. We have reached the point of some we should let our audience know where Jake is just going to be hit or miss. We have no idea. He's on basically like sabbatical. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Sabbatical from this very demanding
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like paternity leave all over again, huh? No, no, it's not. You, He's accrued a certain amount of sabbatical <laughs> leave, Dan, and you have not accrued your paternity leave. You can put in a request with the state for your FMLA, but that is all you will get.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. At least does. And
1: I would like to ask what you actually did during your paternity leave because I could see her dog in the background for this entire for this mm-hmm. entire recording, and it didn't look like you were training it. She has <laughs> not. She has not been trained, so I'm not sure what you were doing when you were on leave. She has been trained,
3: and it was it was taking turns dealing with her, so it wasn't. So I was I was being a good co-parent.
1: She That's has been I trained. Found. She is. She the training. She's been trained. Is that what you're? Testimony is today. The training is ongoing.
3: Okay. <laughs> Remember, she's younger than you even had Pangos. She's only oh. five months old.
1: Don't you bring Pangos in the
3: game? Oh, I'm <laughs> bringing Pangos. In
1: I never took paternity leave with Pangos.
3: You, there wasn't a podcast yet. <laughs> only you know, will run circles oh, around Pangos and just make his life miserable in Spokane.
1: His life was miserable. There was this point where I was like, all right, Pangos might try eating this dog if she keeps bothering him. <laughs> that
3: was pretty Well, that didn't happen. I uh, survived to tell the tale. And uh, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, probably. Right,
0: well, I, <laughs> I think with that being said, we can hang this one up. Uh, definitely went a little longer, I think, than any of us expected. And there's only really three of us that have been on the show for the last hour. Or so. Uh, good shit, boys. Another vo- summer, summer volume. What, was, what do I call them? Summer session volume, six. I think this five. is five or six. Five or six. It's a good run, boys. Uh, I think we're coming up on episode one hundred here soon. So, uh, expect some fireworks for that one, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, catch up with you guys all uh, next time. eggs oh, oh Wait, hold on. Keep this, <laughs> yes, please. I said to Sorry, two, two. Sorry, A W. Two, two. If you hear this, I'll Venmo you five
2: dollars.